And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Cup of Joe's Coffee. Get your morning caffeine fix and the latest local gossip at Cup of Joe's. Previously on What Is Not. He's being pursued by the Jersey Devil, which is now coming into the cave. Wild beast from the depths of hell, return from whence you came. And Bruce the Zombie would like to be ducking and recording Donovan as he does his charge. (laughs) Is now an okay time to check the book? Beth has thrown it so perfectly that it just lands right in the palm of my hand. And I begin the incantations. So I rip open my shirt. Beam of white light emits from my chest, enveloping the creature. The creature slowly starts to dissolve from this reality. In the sand of the Mojave Desert in California, off historic Route 66, sits a small desert town called Baghdad. We have some ancient prophecy that something bad's going to go down in Baghdad. It's a town of shadows and secrets. Things aren't as they seem, but we're still not quite sure what's going on. Where bumps in the night aren't the house settling. Trying to find answers. And the monster under your bed lies in wait for your foot to leave the safety of your covers. My mom used to tell me all these weird stories about monsters, but I didn't really believe anything she said because, you know, that's crazy talk. It's a world where cultists spend their days pushing papers at the DMV and their nights summoning ancient creatures from the dread beyond. Seeing maybe something happened down at Cryptocore. The expert. Susan Donaldson. The town vet. The freelancer. People call me Beth. Hunting is sort of just like a business that I'm in. The deathless. Bruce the zombie and his father cast a spell to bring him back. The initiate. Donovan Elaine, part of an ancient order of monster hunters. The Monstrous. Zeke Solardier. He works for Cryptocore, which is his family's corporation. It's a town where it's very hard to tell what is real and what is not. Welcome to Baghdad. Before we get started on the actual first scene, I need everybody except for Bruce to roll plus weird. I rolled a seven and I don't have I don't have any weird. I rolled a nine. Okay. Let me get a second. Why is Bruce getting screwed? I'm back. Uh, you'll find out later. <laughs> I rolled a five. Now, Drew, if you want Bruce to roll plus weird, he's more than welcome to. But it doesn't doesn't count for whatever's going on. Yeah. It's just not the same. 13. Wow. Hot damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm super weird, guys. <laughs> that was my character. Yep. Okay. So, Zeke. Yes, ma'am. You have had a really, really bad dream. Mm-hmm. What kind of nightmare would Zeke have? Hmm. He's run out of food. Okay. (laughs) He's very, very hungry. He's all alone. There's no one around. He's feeling abandoned. 
I think Zeke's bad dreams would center around kind of feeling isolated from everybody and feeling that, uh, you know, kind of fitting with his whole, never feeling like he quite fits in anywhere. So something along those lines. Okay, so there's different scenes where, you know, he's in different places, he's at work, maybe he's back in high school. And in all of these scenes, he finds himself being either ignored completely, almost like nobody can see him there. And I think the dream probably ends with, like, the camera panning out from him and him just kind of standing in this void of darkness. And that's when he wakes up. All right. I'm in a void of darkness. And... Just so you know, and it's only because you rolled low, um, you are at uh, minus one moving forward. Okay. It was not a good night's sleep, so your stuff is just not as sharp as it should be. All right. It is, I would say, a regular weekday morning. Where would everybody be on a typical weekday morning? Working at CryptoCore. Yeah, I'm at the vet office with my assistant drew okay and it's just kind of a typical day of fixing up animals any interesting animals come in this morning molly's pet iguana was in with a little torn foot like missing rear foot very tragic but uh but she's a little missing foot Little missing. <laughs> just, one, just one of those minor things one goes to the vet for. <laughs> Got trapped in the cage. It had to be removed. Well, it's missing now. <laughs> well, Molly needs to take better care of her animals. <laughs> Dang. Hairballs and missing feet. Just another day. Who's the zombie is currently looking for that missing foot. <laughs> Keep trying to convince him that it's been discarded already, but. <laughs> Katie, what is Beth doing this morning? Beth is at the coffee shop, of course. And did we name the coffee shop? Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> I feel like we did, actually, but. <laughs> we, I think we named the auto shop. Oh. We did. We named the auto shop. That's Stanley's. Yeah, Stanley's Auto. I don't think we ever named the coffee shop. I think we should name it after our fearless leader, Cup of Joe. Yep. I'm okay with that if you're yep. okay with it. Yep. I like that. I like that a yep. lot. I am honored. All right, so we'll call it Cup of Joe. So while you're working in the coffee shop, I'm just going to assume you're working the register and the customers are coming through at a regular pace. And then somebody who you have seen and you know comes up and you know that this is one of those customers. His name is Ambrose. He's a homeless guy. He's young. He's not on drugs. He's just kind of down on his luck. And he is constantly flirting with you. Okay. How do you respond to that? Um, Slightly flirting back? I don't know. Okay. All right. I mean, he's not a bad looking guy. He is very thin. He has a beard, kind of a auburn color hair, a little bit long, usually wears it under a beanie. And he tends to walk around with a guitar and he he has like a rose tattoo on the back of his hand. I'm sorry, were you reading my diary? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> 
So yeah, so this is what he looks like. People know him. He's harmless and he's not usually annoying. He hangs out with two other guys, Anthony and Andre. And people call them the triple A's because they're these guys who are, they're homeless veterans. They're down on their luck. There's probably some drug abuse in there somewhere, but for the most part, they don't cause a lot of problems. They don't beg. People tend to give them money. He plays music for money and he tends to take care of the other two. So he flirts with you. You flirt back. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) So he kind of, he smiles and he's like, well, if it isn't my favorite barista. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Katie's being smooth, but Beth, I mean, Beth is being smooth, but Katie's Katie's flustered. (laughs) Oh my God. Am I blushing over here? What is happening? This is all fictional. What is happening? Hey, I was just wondering, you know, could could the guys and I just get like a coffee, you know, just a coffee each? I know I know I can't pay for it, but you know, I can like clean up for you in the back or something. I can take out trash for you. Like, can I like swap swap services for goods? That sounds dirty. But yeah. Well, Cup of Joe provides quite the assortment of menu items. Well, before you started describing all the things like what he could do or whatever, my initial response was, well, what are you going to do for me? (laughs) Okay, so perfect. I think he purposely worded it in ways that it could be double entendres. Can I give him that like, that look? The like, oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. I think you definitely can. Okay. That kind of look. Yeah, he can he can take out the trash. That sounds good. All right, so he hops to it. He starts going around to the different cans. You guys have it set up where the new bags are kind of already tucked in underneath like a lot of people do. And so he goes around and he just starts cleaning out the trash cans and hauls them out to the dumpster outside. And when he pops back in, he's like, all right, all done. Anything else you'd like? Um... <laughs> Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> so do you give him uh, three coffees? Yeah, I'll give him some coffee. Why not? All right. So he takes the three cups of coffee out and, uh, you know, the camera shows him walking out towards Anthony and Andre, who are a little older than he is. Andre's probably the oldest. He's got a little bit of gray in his hair and beard, but they're kind of out there just kind of trying to stay warm in the cool morning air. All right. Zeke. Yes. What are you up to this morning? I am working away, doing my pointless job, trying to keep my ear to the ground, see if I can't hear something about all these odd things we've recently discovered at CryptoCore. Hanging out by the water cooler, going to the microwave, making more popcorn than I can eat. There's that one employee who gets really annoyed at you because every time you make popcorn, like the smell lingers for like, Half of the day. I hate that employee. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear anything that piques your interest? Or is it just kind of mundane work chatter throughout the day? Well, it's a lot of mundane work chatter, as it always is. But in there, I am hearing some talk about closing things off and keeping people away and... A very cryptic kind of conversations, but definitely not the usual. We need to, 
you know, get contractors in here to patch up a mess. I mean, it's, there's definitely a level of anxiety amongst those who are dealing with this that information might get out. Okay. Have you made any attempts to sneak back and take a look at the sub-basements? I have. I've tried to do a little bit of sleuthing around, but they've got a lot of people walking around, so it's been a bit challenging to get over there without being noticed, even though I generally have pretty wide access given who I am at the company. His phone keeps going off because Bruce keeps sending him texts being like, have you found anything? Is there anything in there? Have you gotten a <laughs> uniform to put on yet? <laughs> yes. And so every time Zeke is just about to get to that point where he can eye a little bit of interesting detail, the phone starts binging and bleeping, and he has to tend to Bruce's uh, queries. So he's gotten himself frustrated. And of course, he could just silence them, but he can't quite figure out how to do that on his phone. <laughs> All right. And I would say the last little thing we want to resolve with Zeke before moving on to somebody else is I think when you're in your office doing your work, at some point, Sigmund Stanley comes over and we're going to make a connection here. This is actually the son of of the Stanley from Stanley Auto Parts. That's his last name, not his first name. And Sigmund knocks on the office door and he's like, uh, Mr. Solidir, uh, can I talk to you? Absolutely. What what do you need, Siggy? Well, I, I just wanted to know about that uh, letter of recommendation you, you had promised me. Um, it's been about a week now, and just kind of wondering if that's something you could, uh, could get to me. Yes, I'm happy to. Did you email me all of the requirements for that letter? I don't think I've seen an email come through. I do need to have that all in writing so that I can do a proper job with writing you a recommendation. Or do you want to just remind me now what it's all about? Um, just a, a general, a general letter of recommendation. I'd like to kind of apply for for um, you know some some higher jobs here, and I thought maybe a letter from you know somebody as high up as you would would kind of go a long way to getting me a better job here. Well, a letter from me would always help just about anyone. I would imagine succeed in life, but. Um... <laughs> Could you just quickly tell me why you think you'd be qualified? He's kind of taken aback because he kind of feels like this was a <laughs> this was a done deal. Like he didn't have to do anything more for the letter. But he's like, well, I I, I work hard and you know I really try and make sure that I'm very conscientious with everything I do when I'm on the job. Uh, I think I get along well with my my fellow employees. All right, Siggy, that sounds good. I don't mean to give you a hard time with it. I think just had a lot of strange things going on around here. So I'm just trying to make sure I have a good sense of, of everybody. And, you know, if my name's going on this letter, I want to make sure that uh, that I have a good understanding of uh, what everybody's seeking out. But yes, I should be able to get that letter for you within the next uh, day or two. That would that would be great, uh, Mr. Solidier. Thank you. And he kind of like does this kind of like backwards bowing kind of thing as he walks out the door. All right, so Todd, tell me about Donovan. What is Donovan doing on a regular weekday? Is there any sort of a church or monastery in town of any religious faith? I would say that there is definitely a Christian church. Okay. I would guess that there's probably also a Catholic church. Wouldn't those be one in the same? No. One specifically Catholic, one is oh. generic Christian. And I don't know that there's a lot of denominations in this area, just because the population is not necessarily big enough to support that. But I would say that those are probably the two most prominent 
religious locations. I honestly don't think there's a temple or a mosque because I don't know that there's a population to support it. Okay, well, I think Donovan will go down to the Catholic Church and he'll be talking to the highest authority that he can find there who will speak to him and is basically saying, I'm from an ancient order of religious practitioners and I'm here, you know, as I assume we all are, defending the world from demonic threats, and I need to access your armory of holy weaponry. (laughs) This doesn't go over terribly well. (laughs) You get a little bit of a look from, I think maybe you talk to the first person that happens to be there, and and it's um, like the janitor. (laughs) It's not necessarily... Well, I mean, if he's got a mop... I'll be like, uh, excuse me, I need to speak to someone in charge, you know. Okay, so he kind of passes you on to Father Damien. I open by giving Father Damien the ancient secret monster hunter handshake and then saying, you know, my whole spiel <laughs> and I need to see the, the holy weapon armory. Okay, uh, he, he's taken aback by this and he's kind of like, well, um... This is this is a church, uh, my my child. This is not this is not a a place of of war. So uh, we 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 don't really have a, an armory. We have <laughs> we have a church. We we have vestments and candles and good amount of wine back there. But <laughs> I don't think we have much weaponry. I'll uh, lower my voice and say, "Wow, we all know, of course, that we are at war since the." dawn of time, good and evil, angels and demons, we're quite literally fighting a war for the souls of all of the people on earth, and also to stop them from being eaten by monsters. So <laughs> I, I'm i working with some folks who are not properly outfitted to fight demonic forces, and I really need to get them some, some blessed holy weapons that can kill demons. <laughs> like he's really trying very hard to like there's that there's that kind of blank stare nodding like i i don't know what to do for this gentleman so he says my son i i think we we really need to focus our our battle with with the demons within ourselves <laughs> and he hands you a card to a a local psychiatrist <laughs> that he thinks would be very helpful for you and that he says that the church does offer services through this psychologist if you are at all interested in getting some more professional help than he can provide. Okay, I feel like we're not really making a connection here. <laughs> um, maybe maybe it's my thick Irish accent, but um, okay, if you if if say a giant demon was eating your dog you would then equip yourself with a holy sword and cut its head off, right? I mean, that's the foundation of, of demon hunting right there. That's a, like, you learned that on first day of demon hunting school, right? <laughs> he just doesn't know what to do with you at this point. He's, like, looking around <laughs> to see if there's somebody he can call. <laughs> and he's like, my son, um... I, I don't know if you're speaking in metaphor or if you really believe that there are monsters, but 
I, re- I really think that the best chance you have of defeating these demons is is to give a call to that number on the card I just gave you. <laughs> All right. I start unbuttoning my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I reveal to him my Idrisel tattoo. I say, does this mean anything to you? <laughs> He says it, it looks a little bit more Norse or Celtic in origin than um, we tend to have here in uh, Baghdad. Um, oh, my goodness. Fine. I'm going to try the other church. It's no wonder your membership is declining. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and I will storm out. As you're storming out, you see a woman in the back of the church who is one of the women who regularly cleans the church. I don't know if anybody is aware, but the, there there is a whole like group of volunteers, usually an older women's group, that tend to volunteer to clean and keep clean the, the Catholic churches. And it this one happens to be Greta, who had originally talked to you guys about the Jersey Devil and how her friend Rose had lost her dog. And so she kind of comes over and leans over to you. She goes, they just don't get it sometimes. They just don't get it. You just have to be patient with them, dearie. They'll catch on eventually. And then she kind of waddles away and continues her cleaning. Mm, that's good advice. That's good advice. Patience. Patience is a virtue. <laughs> he just wants to access your holy armory. I don't think that's too much to ask. Hello. I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of What Is Not. Our intermission will once again be shorter today as I'm still on the road. If you'd like to hear about my road trip misadventures so far, you can check out episode 207 of Geektitude, where I'll be talking all about our trip. Until then, hello from Billings, Montana. But just because I'm on vacation doesn't mean that I don't want to hear from our listeners. We're getting all kinds of some kind of vegetable references on our dedicated Slack channel for As the Dice Roll. So if you want to get in on that, go check out our Slack channel. We would love to be able to interact with you over there. You can also check out our Twitter at As the Dice Roll RP, where Todd explained the origin of the Baby Shoe Factory. So don't miss that. We drove through Amboy, California at the beginning of our road trip, and Amboy is about eight minutes east of where the real bag California used to be, and I took a few pictures of the actual locations where a few of our upcoming episodes take place. Those are posted on our Instagram at As the Dice Roll, so go check those out. You can, of course, always email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com, or if you want to leave us a voice message, you can do so by clicking on the link at our website at asthedicerollcast.com. That's it for me this week. I'll be back this Friday, July 16th with the next episode of Cautious Optimism. But until then, let's see what other mysteries our hunters can dig up right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. 
That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. All right, so we're going to hop over to Bruce. What is Bruce working on on this regular everyday day? Did he find the leg of the... Oh, Bruce just handed me the foot. That's what I needed to know. You handed me the foot, and I rolled my eyes and said I'd put it on ice. It's just that Molly didn't want to pay for the foot transplant, so you know I agreed to reanimate it at some future date. <laughs> What is Bruce's current checking account balance like? Could he pay for it? Yeah, I don't think there's much there, but, <laughs> but, but I agree to do it on the house. But yeah, gosh, I should be paying Bruce. If I'm, I all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> I, I haven't put anything in there recently, Bruce, but I owe you. <laughs> I see this indignant kind of like handing the, like a combination of, told you I could find it and aha, I found it. <laughs> Bruce, yeah. Doing. Like a little like five-year-old that's like, look, I found it. <laughs> yeah. So he's free to contact Molly. So he uh, sent some texts over to crypto because he wants to get back into crypto. He needs a uniform for that. He's also interested in hitting the comic book store again, just to see if anything new has come in or if anything else fucked up happens there. Cause that was pretty fucked up. Yeah, those are the things that Bruce would like to be doing right now. Okay, so let's visit Cthulhu Comics. So the store owner there is Ian. He was nowhere to be found the night you guys had the big meeting, but he's there now. He recognizes Bruce as he comes in. He's like, hey, Bruce. I think most of the people in the town that you interact with just think that you're a mute. And, you know, that's just kind of, they just kind of take it for granted. I've been thinking a lot about Bruce and, you know, we've set him up as being this decaying zombie I think this is a little bit of where the veil of disbelief comes in is that the idea that he's a zombie is so ridiculous that everybody finds a way to explain away Bruce. Like it doesn't register to them that what they're seeing is what they're actually seeing. I mean, isn't there some sort of a disease that a human being can actually get where they just actually smell worse than most human beings? Does that exist? I don't know. <laughs> he could just tell people he's got a skin condition. Yeah, he's got a skin condition. He's you know, got yeah, a skin exactly. condition. I'm Googling zombie skin condition. People are understanding of that. There you go. Actually, it's called <laughs> epidermis bullendosa or something like that, where your skin just peels off randomly. I was watching a YouTube video about it just the other day of this poor young child who suffers from it. Ew. Bruce also suffers from that. <laughs> or, or the zombie patch, which is granular parakeratosis. <laughs> it involves papules. So this week on the science behind Monster of the Week. <laughs> Bruce will just hold his phone up to people with those medical conditions and then points at himself. Yeah, yeah. All right, so do you have anything specific you want to talk to Ian about? Uh, I would like to know what the new issues have come into the comic book store today, this week. This particular week, oh, and it is a Wednesday, so that's perfect. This week, he's like, well, he pulls out, you know, kind of your typical... 
you know, he's got the X-Men, he's got the latest Justice League, he's got, you know, a lot more Marvel Universe stuff because that seems to be selling a lot better these days because these, and he goes on to this whole thing about how DC can't get their act together, which is really a shame because, you know, the DC characters are so good and they're just not being put to good use and goes on and Bruce on. Bruce holds up the, the gif of uh, somebody saying church or preach on or something like that. <laughs> I think Ian really likes when Bruce comes in because he doesn't seem to get bored right away with his ramblings and he doesn't really have anybody to share his opinions with. So he's very excited. Bruce has a chair and popcorn ready. (laughs) (laughs) So anything else you want to specifically ask him other than the, the comic books? Yeah. If any other strange shit is going on and kind of give him a brief about what happened in his store when he wasn't here and the WTF, why weren't you here? He's very confused by this and he's like um nobody was supposed to be here that night like i didn't give anybody permission to to be here when i wasn't here not recently anyway bruce turns on some music does some modern dance to tell the story of what happened in the comic book store (laughs) (laughs) what's the music (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question what would the music be for that um, maybe Enya. I'm thinking like that's <laughs> oh <my> Enya. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Oh my goodness. Ian is very confused. He picks up on the fact that you're talking about somebody being like abducted, but he's a little fuzzy on the details, and he's like, "Dude, I, I don't know what to tell you. We've got we've got cameras here running twenty four seven. We've got alarms. Like when people break in, I, there there was nobody. Nobody's been here." Bruce sends a group text out and says his mind has just been blown that maybe what happened in the comic book store never happened. Does anybody respond to that? I'll reply back that maybe it just hasn't happened yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I send an emoji of the uh, Among Us character and I say that's super sus. (laughs) (laughs) And Susan was saying something? It happened with several exclamation marks. So then can I just send a group text out, be like, everybody assemble at the comic book store. (laughs) (laughs) Are you doing this right now? Is everybody dropping what they were doing? Are we going to plan this for later in the evening? I'm good to go. Lunch meeting. (laughs) Okay, so they're busy. Bruce understands. Later then. He says, sends a text being like, later's cool. Okay. Anybody else have anything else that they want to accomplish before we kind of move on? I've been thinking about this, and I feel like I should go talk to the guys, Ambrose, Anthony, and Andre. Okay. Like, ask them if they saw anything. Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. I was thinking about that, what I should have asked him before, and I didn't. So he's like, hey, how's it going? Fancy seeing you here. It's kind of being a little cheesy. It's like, I work here. Yeah. So, uh, did you guys hear any of that weird stuff that was happening yesterday? Well, I do know that there was, like, some explosions a couple days ago, and yeah, but I mean, it's Baghdad. Like, weird stuff seems to happen all the time. Like, I I guess we just don't let it bother us, and the other guys kind of nod. Come on, you guys had to have seen something. Anthony kind of feels a little bit uncomfortable, but he's like, it's just a, a rumor that like there is a, a homeless issue here in Baghdad and 
we have noticed a lot of the people that we've normally seen on a regular basis just aren't here anymore. And that's a little bit concerning, but it is starting to get towards summer and we are in the middle of the desert. So some of them do kind of try and make their way to places where it's not as ridiculously hot. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. I'm thinking about it. I feel like because it seems uncomfortable that maybe pushing might not be a good idea right now. Okay. I'll just say, okay, thanks for the info. Maybe I'll side wink at Ambrose. I don't know. Thinking about it. <laughs> a glance is exchanged. <laughs> okay. Okay. A glance and I'll just go back in the coffee shop. As you were going into the coffee shop, you see a gentleman and his wife arguing like at the door of the coffee shop. You probably know them as Jason and Margo. They are a married couple. They have three kids and you don't usually see them this frustrated and angry with one another. And they're kind of just going off on each other. Well, that's sus. <laughs> are you just kind of looking at them? Do you brush past them? Can I hear any of what they're arguing about? It's over just something minor, like he forgot to pay a bill or something like that. And she's like, oh my God, I've told you three times it needs to be paid. Like, I don't understand why you can't. And then at some point he kind of just calms down. And he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just exhausted. I haven't gotten any sleep. And she's like, I know me too. We've got to figure out what's going on with Joy. She can't be up all night like this again. It's just, it's been three days now. And we've got to, like, we've got to figure something out. Interesting. What's going on with Joy? Do you ask them that? Yeah. Do you say it in that way? No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. (laughs) Obviously, like, I know them. They're regulars, right, at the coffee right. shop. So right. I'm I'm assuming we have some sort of rapport, right? Well, and I'll put it into perspective because Baghdad is not a large town. So people know each other. If we go back to the card that Father Damien handed to Donovan, the name on that card is Margot Thomas. And this is Margot Thomas. Uh, and Margot Thomas? The Marco Thomas. Why is there an actual Marco Thomas? Yes, she's a. Uh, uh, I don't know. If she's still active, but I think she was like a talk show host or something like that. Was she back in the day? Okay, so no, not that Marco Thomas. <laughs> 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 and her husband Jason is actually one of the reporters for the local news. Ah. So these are people that a lot of people in town know and don't normally argue in public because a psychiatrists arguing in public, probably not good business. And Jason is very well known, so he certainly doesn't want a scandal. So they resolve it quickly, but, you know, they were arguing. But Beth asked about Joy. Well, I mean, we'll start out casual and walk up and and ask them if everything's okay. And they're like, yeah, yeah. You can tell that they're kind of embarrassed that they don't like to air out their problems in public. And Margot says as much. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm just very, (laughs) we're very tired. Joy hasn't been sleeping. It's been keeping the other two girls up. And it's been almost a week of this. And we just don't know why. She just she keeps saying that there's like monsters under her bed or in her closet. And we're just tired. <laughs> we just can't do it anymore. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of going to a friend of mine who might have some insight. Because I don't know what else. And I certainly can't prescribe medication to my own 
my own daughter. Did they check under the bed for the monsters? <laughs> <laughs> did they? Did you ask her that? Um, no. We'll just file that away on interesting things to talk about with the group and tell them, I hope things get better, get some sleep, all that. Do we know how old Joy is? Did you say that somewhere? No, I didn't say it, but she is six. Any other questions, actions? No, I think I got some info to send out in the group text about the missing homeless people and... The Joy, the six-year-old, not sleeping because she's scared of the monsters under her bed. Have you guys seen Monster Squad? No. I forced Matt to watch it this last Halloween. It's great. <laughs> there's a little kid who's like, there's a mo- there's a monster in my closet. The father's like, oh my God, go to bed. And then he closes the door and this mummy kind of like shambles out, walks out, of the, door, <laughs> out the window. Really quick, I have some downtime. So I text Mason and I just say, hey, Mason, it's Susie. Did Daisy turn up? Okay, he does not actually text you back. Jerk. (laughs) Okay, I have nothing to share in the group text. (laughs) (laughs) Next time on What Is Not. What do you mean the events of the comic book shop never happened? We also have lots of missing people. Missing homeless people. Winnie and Vic haven't come back. Daisy Sullivan's missing. And then now we have a six-year-old girl who's not sleeping because of monsters. Before I let you in, I want to know what's going on and what you know. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek to geekmediacom If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com.